say thank you to everybody, nigga, that tried to holler at me to give me hush money. I was able to buy gifts and presents for all my family and my friends. You are too kind. Cheers to Christmas on your dime from your family to mine. And if anybody has a problem, seasons beatings. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was like so funny. I've like played that like 5,000 times today um, at work. So that's just a little, I guess, merry belated Christmas since Christmas was yesterday. Um, little humor. I, I'm trying to figure out this intro thing. Uh, or maybe I just was like, I just need to go right in and just don't have an intro. Don't have to have this theme music. Just do whatever. Just make everything as organic as possible. Um... With that being said, this is episode 65, and thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of This Can't Be Live. Um, if it is your first time here, uh, you can follow the pod on Instagram at TCBL Podcast. And for my personal social media, I'm also on Instagram at K the Rubble. And if you need to send an email, the email is this can't single letter B L Y F E at gmail.com. This will be the last episode of 2019. Um, and with that being said, I just want to say that I'm not super proud of my podcast accomplishments this year. Um, March will be year three since. Um, I've been podcasting and to only have 65 episodes shows like inconsistency overall um, for 2020 I'm really going to get a clear vision of what I would like to happen um, with the podcast and then I'm going to create a plan in which I can actually um, execute definitely. I do know one of the goals that I would like to share with you guys is um, I want to have more female interactions and networking overall with the podcast for 2020. Like, I know I have my faves that I say what's up to. I compliment them on social media. But I really want to take it further, um, you know, and just interact with other people, other women, even if they're not podcasters. And... That leads me to um, the decision that I've made when we did the the definition of a man segment. And I think I mentioned I was considering doing a definition of a woman segment. And I am definitely going to do that. Um, and I will release it in late January. And I'm extra serious about this. Um, I think by like this weekend I'm going to start sending out like DMs or whatever asking, you know, potential um, participants, you know, if they would like to be a part of that segment. Um, while listening to um, the Chris Crystal Clear's last episode of 2019, she mentioned that, you know, doing what you say and then, like, actually executing that. Like, you know, do what you say you're going to do on podcasting. And um, I'm going to have to to agree with her on that. I have fell short and... I just have not been consistent, and I really want to be accountable. I know 
it's kind of been like this humor, like, oh, you know, I lied. Oh, you know, plays fuck up sometimes, but no, 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 no. I got to get it together. For real, for real, for real. I'll also like to take this time to say shout out to Darnell from Talking Greasy. Um, he's always so positive and I appreciate his kind words and just overall words of encouragement that he gave me the other day. Um, when we were reaching out to each other saying, you know, like, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and whatever, whatever. Um, in addition to um, some plans for early 2020 for the podcast, I also know that there will be a Lean Pills and Lyrics Part 2. It's just on hold as I'm having some kind of scheduling conflicts with guests because I really need to have a rap artist. That's what I want, and that's what's going to happen. Um, and it's the holiday season, so this is probably like the worst time to even try to schedule any type of interviews. But yes, that's going to be coming through as well. Sidebar before I get into my topic for this week is my husband came from my neck and accused me of like increasing my level of support for celebrities after their passing. He mentioned like how I gave our son this Nipsey blue themed B-Day party after Nipsey passed away and like basically saying, you know, like, oh, I wasn't that much into him when he was here. He's absolutely right. I wasn't into his music. I was into his look and I was into his relationship with Lauren London. I was into the fact that he was a Leo. Um, I listened to a few like of his interviews or just things that Lauren would say about him that made him seem intriguing. And I don't know. I just I I so when he passed away, I just thought it would be a cool thing. And then he also tried to um, diss me because he said that I should have been talking about drug usage in hip hop and that I it shouldn't have took for the passing of Juice World for me to discuss it. Now that one, he is very valid. He's right. Um, I have nothing to say, no rebuttals or whatever. Um, I think that I have been in a shell for a very long time as far as what I want to say or what I want to do. Um, when it comes to podcasting, and I'm not going to do it anymore, you know, it's a, it's, it's a platform, um, it's something I enjoy doing, if I say something and somebody doesn't agree with it, it's not the end of the world, I mean, it's, it, I don't really think anyone's going to lose sleep over anything that I say here, and if they do, that's very unfortunate, it has more to say about them, and less to say about me, but anyways, um, this week's topic I wanted to get into has a lot to do with um, parenting. And I don't think there's ever been an episode um, where we've discussed uh, parenting at all on the podcast. And what made me want to do that is, um, of course, I'm sure everybody has gone around and seen um, Dwayne Wade and his interview when he went on um, All the Smoke uh, podcast, or is that just a show? I don't know. I know they do everything kind of visually, but anyways, when he went on there and he was talking about, you know, his son and his son, I'm, I'm not certain. I know the son, I think is wanting to, the son, the son wants to be a female, but I'm not sure if he likes like boys as well if he's gay I, I don't know if it's a combination of both I meant to do the research before but either way I'm not so much focused on the child's sexual orientation 
or um, his son like wanting to like be be a, a woman. I'm more focused on his his support and the and and him like discussing like his viewpoint um, in regards to that. And I'm not sure if everyone has had a chance to check that out. But if you haven't, I wanted to take the time to play a clip from that. And I will do that now. Touch on what that is like, being a professional Hall of Fame player, playing in a masculine sport, and then your son being a homosexual, and then being comfortable enough to have that kind of communication with you at such a young age, which I think is important. I had to look myself in the mirror when my son at the time was three years old. And me and my wife are having conversations about, you know, us noticing that he wasn't on the boy vibe as I hear was on. Mm-hmm. I had to look myself in the mirror and say, what if your son come home and tell you he's gay? What are, what are you going to do? You don't talk about strength and courage. Incredible. My 12-year-old has way more than I have. Mm-hmm. And you can learn something from your kids. In our household, man, that's all we talk about. We talk about making sure our kids be seen by each of us. We want them to, to be whoever they feel that they can be in this world. Like, that's our... I go, why are you trying to go down that process? This is what's going to come at you. It's going to be a lot of negativity. It's going to be a lot of hate. And it's not even just from my son's sexuality. It's just about being a a young black man or a young black woman. First and foremost. Right? When I respond to things socially, I'm not responding because you hurt my feelings. Why I'm responding is because I understand my platform. I understand that I'm speaking for a lot of people that don't have Mm -hmm. the same voice that I have. Right. Right? As a father. So... For me, man, like I said, it's just it's just my 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 version of of supporting. Like, it ain't about him. He knows who he is. Mm-hmm. It's about you. Who are you? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, all these people that's out there saying those things, look at yourself. Mm-hmm. Understand that you the one that got the issues. You the one that got the problems. It's not the kids. You decide that yeah they born a certain way, and you say they got to be that way. It's not. That's not. That's not life, man. Mm-hmm. I watched my son from day one becoming to who she now eventually is coming to. Mm-hmm. Nothing changes with my love. Right. Nothing changes with my responsibilities. One thing I got to do now is get smarter and educate myself more. We just wanted to commend you on, on, on just. Yeah. So um, listening to that, I just was like, wow. As a parent, and I just was, I was blown away. And um, there were two things in particular that I did take from what he was talking about. And I want to say that the first one was um, how he stated that his son has more strength and courage than him at the age of 12. To give his son like that much credit or compliment his child, like it speaks volumes. And I don't know if it's easier for him to do that as the world is, has just changed so drastically when it comes to, I guess, millennials or just anybody that's coming up raised on what's currently happening, you know, in society. And I remember when I was the age of D. Wade's son, like, my mother was definitely um, judgmental. I think it was dictatorship over understanding was more her um, parenting style. There was a lot of times that I felt so misunderstood or that I couldn't be my authentic self around her. And um, it was because I, I didn't know what she would say. I didn't want to disappoint her. I didn't want to be criticized or ridiculed 
about something or, or judged most importantly, but for him to allow his child to kind of be be who he wants to be that is a woman or whatever it's just like wow and for him to see that as a positive that even at a young time somebody could say that that child doesn't really know that that's what they want to do maybe they're confused but I like that he doesn't care about looking at it that from that standpoint he's just having those conversations with his son and just saying, you know what, if this is where you're at in your life. That's who you feel you are. You know what? I support that. I'm not going to judge you for it. I think that you're, I see the strength in you. I see the, how courageous you are, that you're not afraid to be yourself, knowing that kids could be so cruel to you at school by knowing that you, you know, were born a male, but then you are choosing to be a, to be a female at the age of twelve, and it's just like wow. Um, you know, I'm grateful that presently, like my mom has changed and her parenting style is is currently more open minded, but um, it was kind of like the same thing like with my dad. Like, man, listen, <laughs> I think whether this was when my, I have a younger brother on my dad's side. And I would just say that if my younger brother had ever came to my dad and stated that he wanted to become a woman or dress like a woman or that he was gay, I know that my father probably would definitely disown him. Um, I think from a personal standpoint and most importantly from like a religious standpoint because my father um, is, is Christian, um, has his beliefs and he stands on them and he's not budging, he doesn't care about today's society he's not trying to be open-minded he feels that the way of the book aka the bible is what he is going to live by um and what he would prefer his children to live by of course it doesn't always work that way but yeah i just thought that that was like dope you know you don't see that every day a parent you know giving you know putting their kid on such a such a pedestal for for being, for just being themselves. Um, and that leads me to the next um, point or perspective that I was able to take from just watching um, that, that episode was that he said his son knows who he is and anyone who's judging or making negative comments needs to look at themselves and find out who they are. And I had to take a step back like, okay. Like, so this is somebody that's 12 years old, have told you that they know who they are or what they feel. They're proud of it. They're not ashamed of it. And, you know, you feel that you are learning from your child kind of in that moment and you are letting them be their authentic self and it doesn't bother you like at all and so i just had to like take a step back and look at my own parenting as i'm raising a teenage daughter and she is in ninth grade and you know i have told her you know in multiple disagreements like she doesn't know who she is and after listening to D. Wade, I just kind of felt, I don't know, like, 
wow, look at yourself outside of yourself. Who am I to rob my daughter of whatever it is that she feels she is? Um, whether it's how she dresses, how she wants to wear her hair, her sexual orientation, you know? Like, yeah, who am I to, to tell her that? And I guess I never really have sat and thought about until, yeah, I listened um, to his interview. Yeah, I didn't think about how I could possibly be making her feel. And, you know, of course, I am one that says that I love my daughter unconditionally. That's what I believed. But then it's like, if I were to compare myself, I guess, to him, does that mean, yeah, is there like some type of stipulations or like, or some type of contingency type thing going on with, with my love, um, um, for her and whoever she is or what, what she wants to be? Um, yeah, just really made me think that. That's why I kind of was just tripping over my words. Um, another point that D-Way made that I could relate to is him stating that he made observations about his son early on and how he caught, I guess, a vibe early that his this particular son, the 12-year-old, was not like as masculine as as his older son. And I think that this is super important. Him mentioning that, and that's kind of like a conversation that more parents should have. You know, many of us ignore signs as as we're parenting, and I don't think it's anything that someone does intentionally. You know, life happens to us, but we have to try to stay on top of, like, our shit and pay close attention to our kids, like the friends they have, the the music that they listen to. And um, when he was talking about, like, making observations about his son, I thought about something that I'm kind of going through and felt like oh okay well my daughter's experiencing this now but you know what I saw signs early on but I didn't really visit them or or come to terms with them and discuss them the way that he said him and his wife chose to when they made observations about his 12 year old son but I know when my daughter was about eight or nine I noticed that she had an attraction to um Caucasian boys um, she liked Cameron Dallas. Um, when she was 11, I took her to see Jacob Sartorius. I mean, she was like so into him. And um, now that my daughter is in high school and um, she started dating and she is dating a white male and it's like, one hand I'm kind of shocked but then the other I'm not and I think what the only piece that's making me shocked a little bit is because all it's not it's not the ideal image that I wanted or envisioned for her but it doesn't bother me because I already saw this coming I mean, knowing my daughter in the capacity that I do, I have chosen to respect her choice. I have met the young man. I've met his parents. Um, you know, going to meet them 
I wasn't certain about how it would go, but based on first impressions or just overall observations, um, I know that his family accepts her. Um, and they accept her the way that I accept him. Um, my daughter's biological father, you know, their relationship has always been um, rocky. You know, he was absent. And, you know, my husband has kind of been the father figure to her basically over the uh, past five years. But recently, um, my daughter has made amends with her biological father. And him coming into this, he has an extreme way more shock value with this. And he's taken back. But there really isn't much that he can say or do anyway because he wasn't here for her for her upbringing and I honestly have never raised my daughter to see color although I discuss racism with her and we have those conversations I always have solely encouraged her to just embrace who she is as a black young woman and just to be conscious that she although she doesn't see color and I don't raise her to someone else may have a different um, point of view about things or someone else may not take a liking to her or the color of her skin or her culture or any of that and i also have had conversations with her early on when i first saw that she could have some type of attraction to um you know boys from a different race you know to let her know about interracial dating and so many obstacles that come along with it and that although you know interracial couples are not like odd it's 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 the norm you see it all the time that it still can be tough in in a lot of instances where people will have a reaction regardless um but all in all I'm really learning to respect my daughter's choices, although a lot of times I don't understand her reasoning. And the reality is I will most likely could have, you know, a biracial grandchild one day or whatever, you know, and I'm gonna love her past that, regardless of what my ideal image is or what I thought would happen or maybe thought that maybe it was just a phase because the demographic that she goes to school with that maybe that was that was part of the reason or something but maybe that doesn't I don't I don't know if her environment has influenced her choice I would have to ask her I don't want to make that assumption because I think I do that a lot sometimes too like trying to come up with my own reasons about why she is the way she is when instead of just kind of letting her be and that's why I'm saying when I saw that clip, you know, with D-Wade, I just really took took something. And, you know, it spoke to my soul. That's what I was trying to say. It, it, it spoke to my soul, like, about, you know, you know, a different way of parenting. Because, unfortunately, as much as there are things that I may have not agreed with or wish my mom hadn't done, I do see little pieces of my mom inside of myself when it comes to my approach to parenting especially with my daughter so um you know um but I do have another child of course anybody listens to this, the podcast someone the preschool age a three-year-old and then I'm thinking about like him and 
like so what happens next you know with with him anything can go I have no idea he's too young to for me to really know what choices he's going to make or what his personality will really be and things like that um however I'm not afraid to say this on this platform as this is my truth but I don't think I could accept my son wanting to be a woman initially. Like, I know that it was probably all a process for D-Wade, how he said he noticed the signs early on. Then when he saw that this was really a thing, like, okay, I'm up for it. I'm supporting it. And then I kind of don't know if it's so much easier for D-Wade to support it because of, you know, the LGBT community being like, so prominent within society now and that there is no reason for anyone to hide or be ashamed of their sexuality we're really like taking strides as far as acceptance as far as that goes but I mean I I just look at I guess my life and what my children is that I know that I have the package which I call you got one of each I have a daughter and I have a son and I would want to see that through entirely like, my son's name is Loyal, and I just, I don't know, like, how I would get to a point that I could address him as Linda or Lisa if, I guess, that's who he wanted to be. And this sounds so contradictory because I'm sitting here talking about all the acceptance and what I'm trying to do to kind of understand my daughter and love her no matter what her choices are but it's like I, I, I don't know my intentions are never to be offensive or disrespectful at all but I just don't think I would be okay I guess if yeah if if my son did did make that choice I, I don't I don't think I, I I could I would love him still absolutely but I don't I don't know if I could just be the way that that d d wade d wade is is being now i admire what what he does as as a parent and there are some parts of that conversation that i was able to take and apply it to my own situation about loving my child past x y and z but i don't know for my son i i don't know i really i i can't say that um I I think that as 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 a parent I don't think I'm wrong for wanting certain things for my children and I think that I would just prefer if if both my kids just could be whatever sex they were born as I also would prefer I guess if my children were to be in in heterosexual relationships. I mean, I have nothing against the LGBT community at all. I mean, we've had someone from the LGBT community come on this platform before. We were never able to interview anybody else, but we're always open to it. But that's just something that I know that I that I want from my kids. You know, my daughter has chosen to be heterosexual, and it works for me. And, um, however, I think it's extremely dope that Cynthia Bailey, for instance, I know in this season of Real Housewives of Atlanta, she was super calm, had no reaction. It was like 100% genuine. 
and her daughter's decision to, I guess, be bisexual. And she embraced it entirely. They went to Pride Week in New York and, and all that. But um, as as far as my son, I think, you know, my ideal image for his future is for him to marry a woman and to have children. But, but looking at D. Wade and seeing him and, and his journey and his story with his son, it's like, I've just got to be able to prepare myself for the fact that my son has the right to grow up to be anything he wants to be with or without my blessings or my acceptance. And when that day does come, I will do nothing but love him still. As long as he's not committing like any ultimate sin, such as murdering people, senselessly, sexually assaulting somebody or somebody, yikes, just even the thought of that. Um, I will love him, you know, love him still. Um, my daughter still has more growing to do. Um, I guess the things that I'm sometimes I'm I'm concerned about, like sometimes the music and stuff that she listens to and the stuff that the people like be saying. And sometimes I just be wondering, like, does she really process what she's listening to? Does it affect her? Does it make her curious about anything? And I just pray over her or ask the Lord to cover her and hope that she never gets into any kind of drug addiction or prostitution or just doing anything that that is that is immoral um or anything like that but um any anything else you know that she does I will be okay I will accept her past that and and I will love her still in addition to um the whole Dwayne Wade um interview um with on well all the smoke there was something else that I came across on the So Shameless podcast it was a post that they made I would say it was about a week ago and it was someone one of their um I guess listeners wrote in to their podcast and um this like troubled me, I guess, while we're on the subject of loving our kids, regardless, having unconditional love, you know. And the subject of the email to their podcast was, I don't think I like my eight-year-old. Now, the body of the email, here it goes. I am a mother of two girls, ages five and eight. I love them both because they are my children and love is easy. However, I don't feel a motherly bond with the older one. I would die for her if necessary or do anything for her, but I genuinely do not think that I like her as a person. Her younger sister and I feel like soulmates. I feel butterflies when I see my five-year-old. Everything about her makes me happy even when she disappoints me. I always want to show her affection and cuddle with her. However, I do not share these same feelings about my eight-year-old. My eight-year-old annoys me. She acts depressed most of the time, mopes around, she's hypersensitive, and makes me feel like I have to walk on eggshells when speaking to her or correcting her. 
She's overly dramatic, just a sad fucking person. I do not enjoy her company. I do not like having casual conversation with her. I have tried, but I think that ship for a mother-slash-daughter bond has sailed with us. I, of course, provide her basic needs, keep her fed, clean, help with homework, keep her well-groomed, buy her gifts, and she has a nice room. She isn't mistreated. I just simply do not like her. I sometimes envision our future and realize when she is older, we likely will drift off as strangers. I was reading that and I was like, well, um, I'm all for transparency and, and, and honesty, but it's like, well, God damn, I, I, I just like, wait, 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 wait. I think I may have to go back to read the parts that really um um bothered me. Like for instance, um what is it? She's overly dramatic, just a sad fucking person. I do not enjoy her company. I do not like having having casual conversation with her. This is about an eight year old. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, okay. As a parent, I think we're all entitled to have a moment that you do not like your kid. And if you could drop them off somewhere that day in particular, you would. I felt like that. There was an age in particular that I could say that my daughter was just like, okay, girl. You you got to go somewhere. And I think that was either age 9 or 10 or somewhere between, maybe 9 and a half, between 9 and 10. And um, it was just like this, kind of like that follower stage, wanting to be sassy for no reason. And uh, doing little stuff in school that was just like unnecessary. Like, yeah, she... That when she stated that like her child annoyed her, yeah, I was super aggravated by my daughter at that time. But to like say she's just fucking sad and I didn't want to even hold a conversation with her, mm, no, that just seems a little drastic. Or the fact that you you're you you compare the eight year old to the five year old, and the five year old gives you butterflies, but the other one doesn't like. She's crazy as hell. She thinks that that eight-year-old doesn't feel that energy. Sometimes I, I think um, parents also are so ignorant that they don't think that kids don't pick up on vibes and energy. I don't think there's an age limit um, for that. Even little tiny infants sometimes can feel a vibe or aura and they're just not with it. Um and the same goes for kids. I think a kid can feel when something's not genuine. I mean, they, they are human last time I checked. And it's like, maybe that's why she could act depressed or a little isolated. Because if you would even write this into a podcast, and, and, and it's completely anonymous. But the fact that you would even draft up an email about your flesh and blood and send that to a podcast. Bitch, okay, girl you're the problem kind of like when Dwayne Wade was saying like with people and stuff when it comes to kids that you're the problem and it's not seriously how could you talk greasy like about an 
eight-year-old that's your child when all she does is mope around and be depressed? Well, yeah, it's probably because she knows that you feel this way about her. Even if you've never told her to a face, sometimes you don't have to. She can she can feel the vibe, but I just... Uh, that, that leads me to another point. I, I'm going to keep going with this, all the thoughts that I, that I was thinking when I had saw that, too, is that I kind of do believe that not necessarily every parent has a favorite, but I think every parent has a special or unique bond with one child that they're not going to have with the other. And it, But it goes, goes both ways. And I would say for myself, I think the bond that I would have with my daughter is one that I could never, ever have with my son. And that bond would be like I I grew up with 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 her because basically I was I was what nine was I nineteen when I had her? Was I eighteen and turned nineteen? I forget. No, nineteen, yeah. And so it's just kinda like, um I <laughs> I know what it was like, like my struggle and everything that I went through, like with her and hard times that I got through, like while while raising her and how she kept me going. And she was like a driving force um, for me at some of the darkest moments, you know, in, in, in my life with becoming a mom at such a young age, trying to find myself, trying to raise her by myself and like just have having her watching her you know grow and 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 stuff like that you know it's just i don't know it's kind of like if i could metaphorically speak about the bond that i have with my daughter i would say like you know like when the rappers be like oh yeah you know we were like this is like when i was like in the trenches or whatever that's how i feel like me and my daughter used to be in the trenches when it came to like parenting when i was just fucking winging it basically having my mom kind of guide me or my or my nana guide me because i know what the fuck i was doing but you know now i feel like my parenting is definitely more up to par you know i like that was like the hoopty version of my parenting that i'll never forget like you know how somebody had like their first car and you have all these memories about how you was riding around and what happened with this and that you know maybe now you have like you know a like a, a luxury car or whatever you know you came up or whatever as far as when it comes to like parenting and i i would say yeah that type of bond or the type of memories that I have, like, with with my daughter, I'm never going to have that with my son. But it doesn't mean that, like, she's my favorite or that I would speak about one child versus the other in the way that this woman did in that nasty-ass email. Um, and then um, my son, um, I have a bond with him that I will never have um, with, with my daughter. And... I never really understood, like, it's just something about how, something with a, a mother-son bond that you see it all over. And it's, it's not something you could really put into words, but 
I know exactly what my mom and so many other women are talking about now that I have a son. It's just something that's a little bit more different. Um, you know how they say that, you know, mothers love their sons and raise their daughters. And I, I, I try not to fit into that stereotype, but it'd be so hard. Um, yeah, and I think it's because cause he is a, a male child and then also because um he's completely different from her um you know and i feel that he he's a little bit more needy emotionally than she ever was um and um you know hopefully he grows out of that when he gets to be like a, a grown man because otherwise some woman or whoever he ends up with they're gonna be disappointed but anyways um back to the to the point the point at hand yeah i have to cater to him emotionally a little bit more than i ever have and i'm probably going to do that long term but with her I just kind of let her figure out her emotions on her own and then we can come back and then have a sit down about it. But yeah, I, that's kind of what makes our bond, you know, our bond like a little bit, 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 bit different. I would say so. Um, yeah, so I have a unique slash special bond with both of my kids, but I don't think I could ever say that one's more my favorite or whatever. I know I feel like a lot of people think that it's like the preschooler that stresses me out or something, but then I'd be telling them, bruh, it'd be the teenagers that be the most problematic. The preschooler, it's just little stuff, you know, writing on my damn walls and, uh, you know, tantrums, the potty training is annoying, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, the, the teenage stuff, it'd be like real life stuff, like, okay, like really challenging. You got to have your thinking cap on. You got to have your A game on, like what, what everything, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's just totally different. But um, it's just unfortunate that, you know, the whole, I guess, message that I was trying to convey this episode is just about, you know, loving your kids past maybe some things that you may not agree with things that you maybe didn't want for them, you know, just choosing to love them still. And then, you know, you have some people that can't even just love their child just just because it's Sunday. And you're saying stuff like that in an email. It's just like, okay, shoot. And I be thinking that I fall short. Like, okay, girl, did you do this right as a parent or that? I think I'm doing okay compared to that damn email. You know what? I try not to judge. I don't know that woman's plight. What would make her say something like that? Maybe it was just impulsive. I, I don't know. But um, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, I'm glad that I was able to uh to to talk about it. Um, and I hope that everybody has a wonderful new year. I hope that all of my listeners and supporters and fellow podcasters that 2020 is your year. I've been saying this for a couple of months, sounding kind of corny, but that 2020 was the year of the vision, and I really do believe that it is. So whatever vision you have, whatever you see is whatever you should believe, 
what you should manifest and what you should put into the universe with your part, your blood, your sweat, and your tears. And with that, I'm out.